In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Don't just do something, sit there. This is the theme of the 10-day season of Ascension. Jesus has ascended into heaven. Our Paschal candle is gone from the sanctuary. Just before the Ascension, Jesus told the disciples not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. For you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Acts chapter 1 describes the activity of the disciples during this 10-day period. It says, they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, and they went into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. This passage tells us that the disciples didn't just sit there. They could not be witnesses for Christ until the Holy Spirit came and gave them the power and gifts so that they could be the body of Christ, the authentic witness to the risen Christ in the world. So they prayed and waited for the Holy Spirit to come. Likewise, we cannot be true witnesses for Christ in the world unless we also learn to pray and wait for the Holy Spirit. The call to pray and wait pushes against our culture of productivity we are told to do something, get busy, make it happen. However, labor apart from the spirit is the fruitless labor of fallen humanity that produces thorns and thistles. We toil all night and catch nothing eternal. As we learn to pray and wait for the spirit, our labor in Christ becomes the fruitful labor of the new creation that produces an eternal reward. As Mother Teresa said somewhere, if I didn't pray three hours a day, I'd never get anything done. There's a parallel between the ascension and the giving of the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. Moses went up to the mountain to see God just as Jesus ascended to the Father. Moses received from God the commandments, the Torah that he brought back down to the people. Jesus will send to us the Holy Spirit, whom we are told is the law now written on our hearts. While Moses was receiving the law from God on the mountain, the people had to wait for him at the bottom of the mountain. And they got impatient. Exodus 32 says, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said, come make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses who led us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. Aaron made two golden calves 
and the people had a drunken, idolatrous party that brought upon them God's judgment because they could not wait for the promise of God. We can understand why we must pray and wait by reviewing the logic. Let's say that rather than praying and waiting for God, we just do whatever we want to do. Make your own happiness on your own terms. Follow the dictates of your own heart. Listen to your own inner voice. The result is our discontented world. People get impatient and create idols to substitute for God. People turn to various things to kill the pain caused by the absence of God. When Christians become impatient and rely on their own thoughts and impulses rather than waiting for Jesus to send us the Spirit, they begin to look more like the world than the body of Christ. God calls us to pray and wait because he wants to give us more, not less. Nothing we can grab for ourselves right now can satisfy the deep inner desires of our hearts. God wants to fill us with himself, but he will not come to us against our will. And we express our desire for God by praying and waiting for him to come, and by continuing to pray and wait until he does. As we persevere in praying and waiting, God purifies our desires, and he tests and strengthens our faith. He prepares us to receive him. Praying and waiting is a perpetual posture in the life of prayer because the revelation of God continually moves forward. Israel prayed and waited for the Messiah to come. Then he came in the incarnation. Then he finished his work and went away in the ascension, and the disciples prayed and waited again. Then the Holy Spirit came. But the gift of the Holy Spirit is, as Ephesians 1.14 tells us, a down payment on the future promise, of the resurrection of the body and the completion of the new creation. Thus, the gift of the Spirit produces within us a perpetual anticipation. As Romans 8.23 says, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly, waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. This is our experience of time in the church. The Eucharist is a fulfillment because Christ comes to us through the Spirit right now. But the Eucharist also continually points us forward to the heavenly marriage. Each feast of the Christian year is both a taste and an anticipation of the telos. We pray and wait. God fills us with his good gifts and we give thanks. But every good gift is sacramental and points us forward. Thus, the life of prayer continually moves us forward towards the consummation of all things in Christ. 
The posture of praying and waiting is related to the virtue of detachment. Through the virtue of detachment, we enjoy the good things of this life without treating them as idols. We enjoy good things sacramentally. They are signs that point us to God. But detachment also enables us to let go of things, to not mistake them for God. In the words that Brother John Charles used to teach us in the schools of prayer, detachment means to seek the giver and not the gift. Learning detachment is part of our spiritual growth. The pain of temporal loss, of letting go, becomes a doorway to greater surrender to God and a greater measure of the Spirit. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The word comfort is related to the word for comforter the Holy Spirit. The pattern of enjoyment and letting go relates to the disciplines of feasting and fasting. Detachment balances the yes to the good that God gives us with the no that retains our freedom to say no and not allow those things to become idols for us. As we say no to disordered desire and wait for God, we establish a new pattern that orients our life continually towards the fulfillment of all things in Christ. The good news is that we can have more of God in this world. We can, in the words of our confirmation prayer, daily increase in the Holy Spirit more and more until we come to thy everlasting kingdom. During Ascension Tide, we pray that God will send us the Holy Spirit in a new way on Pentecost. In the words of today's collect, which we pray until Pentecost, leave us not comfortless, but send to us thine Holy Ghost to comfort us and exalt us unto the same place whither our Savior Christ has gone before. Therefore, don't just do something. Sit there. Pray and wait for Jesus to send us the Holy Spirit. As Isaiah 30, 18 says, Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.